Feel This with Frank and Jess. Welcome to Feel This, a series of experiential conversations between me, Jessica Olber-Singleton, and Frank D'Amato, where we explore trauma, healing, and awakening through the lens of relationship. Hey. Hello. Welcome to Feel This. Hello, everyone. Glad to be back with you here. Hello, Jess. Hi, Frank. Glad to be here. Today is a little bit of a special podcast episode in that I am recording here from my home in Maui, where I am here less often. I'm more often in Portland. And that's even a little shift to say my home in Maui. I can talk a little bit about that if that feels good to get into some me chat at some point. But welcome. Glad to be here. Yeah. It's exciting, a new location. Who knows <laughs> how that will affect things. Mm, yeah, yeah. Well, let's start. Just before we get into the meditation, is there any energy that you would like to throw into the hopper of the meditation, see what comes out, if any ideas or energies that are sitting with you you know you could say in a word or a sentence or whatever and just see maybe that'll maybe it'll impact the meditation and see what happens yeah what popped in immediately partly doesn't matter why i'll get into that in a minute was when we have really strong like ego energy is coming forward is on my mind like how to be with i really want this or i feel attached to this or i have a bit of an agenda here that kind of like more Mm. than just authentic desire but it comes in hot yeah yeah so you're calling an egoic energy something more than a genuine authentic desire but when we feel really pulled driven even compelled towards something where you may not even feel like it's you you feel like your body is driving you towards something and you're going along for the ride almost that's a little maybe that's a little different it's like Let's see if this helps or confuses things. I know I have parts that when I was younger, had trouble playing games because I would get really intense about winning. So it's like this intensity would come forward. So when I let myself really connect to what I want or what my authentic desire is, 
to simultaneously be connected to that and be really open to whatever might happen or what other people want. I don't know yeah. if, if that, yeah. Yeah, I get, mm-hmm, I get a sense of the vision in the closed off state, the, the burdened aspect of it, maybe we could say that mm-hmm. more intense version, the vision becomes incredibly myopic Yes. Very much focused on just obtaining and attaining this thing driven purely and everything else better get the heck out of my way. And, or it doesn't even exist. Other perspectives, other viewpoints, I've got to get to this place at this time. And so I'm going to drive as fast as I'm coming up with a metaphor, but I'm going to drive there single. And if you get in my way, I might blare my horn and scream at you and just to get around you or whatever that is that type of single intensely focused drive and not mm-hmm. in, and not feeling balanced not feeling flexible but myopic in its drive does that feel a little bit more yeah yeah attuned mm-hmm. okay let's see what comes up yeah let's just throw that in the soup i don't know if it doesn't, that's okay. It may or may not, but let's see what happens. Cool. So I welcome you all to take this moment to connect to your experience of being here in the now. And one great way to really begin to become aware of our experience of being itself is to connect to our senses. And we can experience that through the breath, with the breath. So first, simply becoming aware of the breath here in the moment. And we are consciously focusing on something that is not including thought. Thoughts can come and go, but they are a little bit secondary, very much secondary to the raw experience of breathing or even sight. Notice your sense of vision. Becoming aware of our sense of vision here, again, it's a thoughtless enterprise. It doesn't require thought. And in fact, if you're noticing, you're thinking about what you're seeing, that's one step removed from the pure experience of sight, the pure experience of being. I just wanted to recenter on that pure, taking in the pure experience. Do the same with sound, noticing. The experience of hearing, of receiving vibration in the ear. Mm-hmm. 
And as we slow this down, you could really begin to see there is the pure experience of, say, a sound, and then there is a reverberation in the mind. You might hear a sound, and then the mind might quickly jump to labeling, putting a word on what that sound is. And then you might have some thoughts about that object. But getting the real clear experience that the, the primary, the first, is the pure experience of a sense, sight, sound. And then there's a secondary mental reaction. We often get lost and live entirely in that world of secondary reactions. So this process is a bit of coming to our senses. And then shift to awareness of our body. Focusing on the belly. And again, simply feeling the sensations of the belly. The more you practice this, the more you'll be able to sort of ground and root yourself in your senses, in your body in this moment. That one can and you can really start to experience the world from a more embodied place. So I'm gonna invite us to stay rooted in our belly area. as we bring in some awarenesses of the material of consciousness, the you as you conceive of yourself. And notice what happens in the belly as we explore any aspect of you when you feel really locked in. Experience in your life where you feel compelled. It's like something is pushing you, driving you, your whole body feels focused, single-pointedly focused. Maybe in a way that feels burdened or stressed. not feeling flexible or fluid, but more rigidly focused on attaining something. And this is a really powerful practice to allow yourself to engage in mental states that feel maybe challenging to you, that feel that you might even have judgment towards in yourself. To allow yourself to explore in an open, curious, non-judgmental, and embodied way to explore those states of consciousness. It's what that's going to give you and us and me is more choice. 
So allowing yourself to access that state, that driven state, noticing what it feels like in the body, And it can be really, really useful to ask some small, simple questions here. But the two edges, when I, whenever I come across my own compulsive behavior, is what is it? What is this state, the emotional feeling state that I am, my body is driving towards? If I get the thing that I'm wanting, what will I feel then? Our bodies, our emotional bodies, physical bodies are driven towards pleasurable states. And we are driven away from uncomfortable states. So getting really familiar with what is the state that my body is wanting, driving towards. If I attain that thing that, it, that I seem so focused on, what will then that make me feel? Just allowing yourself to really feel into that, to experience that, not as an idea, but as an actual felt experience. In this process, by allowing ourselves to enter into a mental state and feel it in the body and explore it in an open way is what is called integration, that is integrating that state. The flip side of the coin from the side of, of any compulsive behavior is one, the state that we're, the body is chasing, the state that we're looking to get to, but it also can be largely dependent on the state that we're looking to get away from. The body's looking to change how we're feeling in the now and has learned if it moves towards something, if it gets this thing, it can change what it's feeling. So what is it that your body is feeling that it's wanting to move away from? A big key here is really connecting it to the embodied felt experience. We tend to live in the world of ideas. So I might feel the compulsion to leave a situation and say, well, how come? Well, because I don't like when people tell me what to do or feel controlled, something like that. So I say, I feel like people are telling me what to do. So I'm just going to run away from this experience. I, I need to go somewhere else. And I feel compelled to run away. Shifting from the idea of people telling me what to do, but moving into the felt experience of that. If I go in that moment that my system's trying to get away from and really let myself feel the feelings that I'm actually trying to get away from. I'm not trying to get away from something outside of me. I'm actually trying to get away from the internal reaction that's happening inside of me. So I'm incredibly driven to, say, change my external environment 
so that I can change my internal environment. That's not happening consciously. That's happening very quickly, very unconsciously. But it is that very hook which keeps us dependent for our stability on the outside world and on manipulating and changing world and people around us, which feeds into a cycle of suffering for ourselves and for others, especially when we don't have clear-sighted choice around that. So I believe this practice could not be any more important for internal peace and communal peace as well. So just, again, taking this moment, just feeling into what's happening in your body, breathing it in, taking a moment, if you like, to acknowledge within yourself what's arisen for you. Okay. All right, Jess, that was a lot longer than normal. It's pretty cool. You could skip the part where you ask me to stick something in the hopper. That would shorten it. Anyway, that was really cool. It's been a minute since you've done it, and it's still one of my favorites of when you help us drop into our senses and distinguish between pure sensory information and thoughts about, which I know how to do that, but being talked through it, it's just always a really rich experience and it was very helpful. I was so in it that when you sort of started to switch to the exploratory, but I was like, wait a minute, we've gone off on another track. I got to get going. Like I kind of almost missed the exit. <laughs> yeah. I have, I guess I'll share a couple thoughts that, that came up. So just before we started recording, you and I listened to a portion of the end of the last episode. And during that, one of the things that we talked about in that episode was your awareness that talking about a subject clearly and what you believe and think about it, as I heard it, puts you in some sort of like risk of... Mm, I'll let you talk about what that risk seems to be, but there was a, a sense of risk. Whereas if you stay in the feeling realm, no one can argue with that because it's purely your experience. And that fits for me with, I'm getting more connected to my authentic desire of how I want to live my life and things I want to do. And I'm taking action toward that. And that puts me at risk of being less convenient to others and less available, or I might have a something I got to do. So I can't stop and spend as much time or energy with other people. And in my own system, finding more flow between the space of relationship and simultaneously staying connected to my authentic desire or whatever my the thing is I'm doing in the moment, like I noticed getting a little worked up on the inside, there was no external action, but like I was getting ready this morning and my husband came into the bathroom and he, he sort of interrupted everything I was doing. I was like, I couldn't, there wasn't enough space for us to both do, which is an interesting, it's a bit, a bit, it was a bit phone boothy. 
And I could feel this sort of irritation rising up in me. Like I got to do this thing and you're going to throw me off my schedule. And I got shit to do, man, get out of the bathroom. (laughs) And of course, another part of me is like, he didn't do anything wrong. He's coming in here to connect with you. He brought the cat. He wants to hang out for a few minutes before he goes to work. And another part of me is like, just because he has to be working at a certain time doesn't make what I'm doing any less important, right? Like, so I have this whole thing happening. So your meditation today helped me feel into just what you were asking, you know, what am I going to get? And it was... You know, I could just see the pattern inside myself of kind of gaining momentum in my own life and the th- that, that feels threatening to relationship. And that's nothing new, but I could see it a little more specifically in that instance. So anyway, mm. I will pause here. Yeah. Hmm. I feel very light. I feel very open. I feel particularly interested or drawn to in this moment that thing you were just pointing to that came forward in the meditation, the the gap between or the difference or the gap between the primary experience of sensation and thought and reaction after that, that seems something of value, something my system wants to move towards or drawn towards or close to. Even as I'm speaking, I'm very aware of the experience of sound, the experience of thought and thinking, and I feel very alive in that movement, that that focus of experience. And I feel a lot of sense of value around it. And I feel drawn to it. And I also am listening to you. And there's a part of my mind that's really trying to track. I think there's a part of me that is it's like I'm I'm seeing all these little the threads. There's what you offered to put into the meditation energy around dri- drivenness, and so that feels like there's one globe here, right? That's that's around the content of that of when we are blended with energies and taken taken over, compelled maybe to our detriment or the detriment of others in some ways around us. What What's happening there? How do we get more choice with that? What What is that about? Just exploring that, maybe specific things for yourself or myself, for the listener. So I'm aware of that. And then I'm aware of what you just shared now in your check-in. And then I'm aware of what came up in the meditation around that reverberation. And so there's a manager part of me that's like, how do I connect all those or or which one? There is something in me that enjoys, has enjoyed 
maybe last time having a topic or a focus and it feeling like that could be useful. Cause as you were speaking, there was a little confusion to me like, Oh, which way do we go? Like this feels really alive and present to me, but just is bringing a whole other thing right now. Okay. That's good. They're all good. If we put this material out here on out in front of us, between us, how would we like to choose a path forward? What would feel good? So I'll toss the ball back to you there, but I'll say, having said it, I feel in this moment excited. I really enjoy really staying on the right on the cusp of the moment and really being aware of what's happening, allowing it, really allowing the moment to to define itself, to not try to force the clay of this moment into something too much, to bring intention, but to allow it to shape as we go back and forth. And I speak for what's happening in me and kind of just put it out there and see how it bounces off of you. So I really feel excited to, to do that and allow that process to unfold naturally. And it feels like a great modeling of this living philosophy way of being of being in touch with surrendering to the experience of the moment and so i i really like that and I, that feels really good and there is this more yang energy of oh and what happens if we push in a certain direction so talking about those drives the part that the agenda part that wants something clear wants really likes that orderly focused energy that can come from that. Then on the other side, and that feels good. That's a good feeling state. On the other side of it, there's a fear. There's fear of being too all over the place, not having a focus. And then that, I think I spoke to that fear last time where we spoke about it, the fear of maybe the listener leaving I think in the past you've said you worry that the listener gets annoyed maybe. <laughs> and I, I think my system worries that they're going to get bored and or confused or front. Yeah, no, annoyed too. So there's a fear drive to that too. So I'm just noticing that. So yeah, I'll stop there. So I'm connected to... I can't tell if I'm having thoughts or feelings like it's like this sense of excitement that what you're describing is an opportunity feels somehow like an opportunity to bring together the passive and the active, the, you know, that moment when authentic desire maybe gets more driven, more energetic and active. It comes up out of the present moment, but then it gets legs and starts moving and, you know, you get to decide if you want to go with it. And it doesn't seem like we necessarily have to go with one or the other, but that each time we choose somehow to move toward more of the open, purely present moment experience, 
which I'm holding in the back of my awareness that you named, and I have curiosity of like, how does this live in me? You named in the last episode kind of takes one off the hook because we're not necessarily staking a claim or taking action. It's kind of unarguable, the present moment unfolding. And the other direction where things have more structure and it's just something in me is feeling excited about the idea of threading the needle kind of between those, you know, that getting closer to being able to hold both at the same time. I don't know what that means in practice, but I feel excited about it. And just as a point of clarification, a moment ago, you sort of held two things. You said, there's the thing you brought up me, me, Jess brought up, in, in reaction to the meditation. And then there was something else you were holding. And I wasn't sure if it was the subject of money or something else you haven't named yet. Do you? Yeah, the, it's actually the, what, the thing I was really drawn to was what you pointed out that you really enjoyed in the meditation, which is the oh. separating, becoming aware of the pure experience and and then separating the mental secondary reactions to that pure experience that if we put that into a little nugget and that that's the that's the content that i feel i wasn't thinking about that before but when it came up in the meditation it became very alive to me i could feel it i could feel the value of it and how what I, I guess the words I want to say is at some point, this is the personal, the me that wants to come out of that dialogue, the me chat is that I feel like I have, I feel like I have at some course in the work kind of done this flip where I, before I was a being who existed more in thoughts and concepts. I lived in the world of thoughts and concepts and I could conceptualize of the idea of living beyond a concept. I could begin to conceptualize that, but that's all I could do is conceptualize it. And then to have the experience of non-conceptual being existing beyond thoughts, seeing thoughts as only one small aspect of the experience of being and really feeling this ground of experience from the more primary conscious place, really feeling, hearing, seeing in the body, in the mind, in the energy, and then seeing thoughts form from that but really being rooted in that primary. And there's a kind of like a flip. So it's almost like wanting to talk around that, which is like what that shift has been like for me and what I imagine it is to kind of talk to others who may be still living in a purely conceptual way and trying, it's almost like playing 
it's like I'm trying to translate because I can hear through my old self. And maybe I'm imagining really this is more maybe me talking to my old self. But right now that my old self and I'm projecting onto a listener who may also be existing in the world in that same way, as in only being able to experience life through thought and not even being able to conceive of life beyond thought and language that I'm communicating to that person almost needing to like translate into this other language almost like I, I'm saying these words and I could hear that they're being received conceptually by in because that's what that is experienced and I'm trying to somehow use language and awareness to help unhook that a person an other a former me me at other times to release into a, a more deeper state of being so that feels alive for me that's 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 a lot of words there but yeah see how that's bouncing off of you and Yeah, as I was listening to you and really connecting to this idea that like, as I see it, it's like a, a switch gets flipped. It's like learning to ride a bike in a sense that suddenly you can just do it and it makes sense and you get it. You're like, I'm not my thoughts. My thoughts are just this part that I identify with. And I got the opportunity to, as a yoga teacher, who taught a lot of like just breath awareness and body awareness in the way I taught yoga. I got to witness that a number of times where students would, it would like, and I remember when it happened for me and I was blown away. I was like, hold on, this is a whole other world. And to see that happen with a number of students where they were like, wait a minute, you've been asking me to observe my breath. And this is the first time I experienced my breath and didn't think about my breath. And then what came to me was that for me personally, I know how to ride the bike, but I don't always choose to ride the bike. Like I, I don't, I, you know, I frequently become caught up in believing I am my thoughts, even though I know how to go to the other part of awareness and, and I enjoy it. But there are parts of me still that do not see the value in it. And so anyway, I got, I got kind of curious in myself about why I don't perceive the world through that lens more often, believing that it will somehow impede the practicality of life or the ability. Cause I can just almost like get lost in the senses, you know, and, and, Anyway, that probably goes back to me never having a consistent meditation practice and sticking with it for some longer period of time and kind of integrating it. So those were my thoughts. Yeah, I'll stop there. Well, connecting back to kind of where we came in and where you are like, oh, you'd really like, I'm jumping back to what you shared the last before this one five minutes ago, what you shared about, you were excited about being able to 
maybe have some structure while allowing for the flexibility of what's arising in the now and being able to do both. And I'm, 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 I'm I feel that drive towards that. And the phrase that I'm, that's the term that's coming up comes from something called crucial conversations, which was really helpful for me. I brought a lot of that into my processing and authentic connection. The phrase is mutual purpose. The importance of having a mutual purpose that if you and I can come together and say, this is our mutual, this is the the thing that we're together working towards in this conversation. And we have an overarching mutual purpose automatically. And the mutual purpose automatically is we're going to be speaking for what we're feeling in the moment as it arises. That's that we, and we want to keep doing that. And we have that there's nothing in you that doesn't want to do that. And there's nothing in me that doesn't want to do that. Right. Like we're, that's a clear mutual purpose. And then we're also like, Hey, we also have this mutual purpose together that we're getting clarified, which is to also be able to have some content that come into the space too. So we want to do both. We've got the first one down really well. Now we're both working towards pulling into the second content and you're smiling because this is fitting so far or you're seeing or you'll speak to what your experience is in the moment, but I'm getting positive feedback from you as I'm speaking, which feels good. I'm starting to feel like as we're sculpting these podcasts together, this this process is kind of emerging. And what it feels like what happened last time and feels good is through these first 15, 20 minutes, us putting the material on the table and then making a maybe a conscious choice together to say, hey, let's focus on this one. And and other stuff may pop in and we may go off, but hey, let's just here we've got this this clay on the table let's choose one together and that feels good to me because partly what happens a little bit is i'm excited about the stuff i'm excited about you're excited a little bit maybe both but your stuff that you're excited about and then i don't want to the fear is or if there's not clear explicit mutual purpose choice made consciously explicitly that maybe I'll be pulling this way and you'll be pulling that way. And we're you know, just being a little bit off alignment in that second, in that second mutual purpose. Right. And so that that's the drive for me. I, I feel like a little bit of a vision here. Like we've got some things on the table and we can choose together. And then we've got, you know, the next 45 minutes to, to engage with that. I'll stop there and see how this all is landing on you. Yeah, I appreciate, I feel a lot of joy in the explicitness that you're bringing, just just being really taking the time to name this, the overarching, yes, this is what we've agreed upon, and then the sort of how do we bring in something with more structure. And I'm just getting these funny pictures in my mind, like we learned how to juggle three balls, and we got really good at it, and then we added a few more, and everything's just falling on the floor. And then I had the idea when I was a kid, we had a cat who was an indoor cat who loved to go outside and he had a leash and it's just a hilarious idea to put a leash on a cat and take a cat for a walk. It's so the cat would pull the leash down off the doorknob and drag it to the front door whenever he wanted to go for a walk. And you would only yeah. go like 10 feet in like 30 minutes. Right. 
it's like just this <laughs> idea of like the cat knows what it wants. It doesn't care that you want to go somewhere, you know, it's just like, I'm just going to stand by this motion sniff and walk around <laughs> for the next 20 minutes. So it just feels joyful to name it. And also there's something additional, which is clearing up for me now that somehow when you naming it, I'm like, gosh, this is a wild and crazy thing we're doing. And we're trying, you know, we keep coming mm. back to it. We haven't quite figured it out, but the idea that we would have this purpose this larger purpose of staying connected, what's happening in the moment for both of us. And then how do we walk together towards something if we're both going to stay authentically connected? And sometimes we get somewhere and sometimes we don't, but just the idea that maybe it's possible that you don't have to disconnect, but also it's, you can't always hold all the things all at once. That's not really possible. So I find it, really enlivening and brings up a lot of, I have parts that when they're, when they're told you can't do this thing, this thing's not possible that are like, Oh, you watch me. You just give me <laughs> give a minute. We'll figure this out. So yeah, I'm not feeling very agenda feeling open curious. You haven't checked in, or maybe you feel like you have checked in, which is also great. And the idea, I just looked it up because I'm silly about things. I just was like, I want to know. There are roughly 4,300 miles between us right now. And there's something about that that's just really, and six hours six hours difference that just, mm. I don't know why that feels kind of amazing. And it's like, there's no distance between us and there's physically a lot of distance between us and, and who knows how much distance there is between us and our listeners in time and space. Thank you for listening to part one of this episode. We will be back next Sunday with part two. Bye, y'all.